This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 124. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined once again by Lisa of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I am good. How are you? I am doing never better. So this is a show about art, colored pencil, colored pencil artists. We do tips, techniques, reviews. We cover a lot of stuff on here. Lisa, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about reasonable expectations that you need to have as an artist going into this so that when stuff you weren't expecting happens, you don't have a meltdown. That has got to be the longest title we've had to date. <laughs> you know, that's what I happens like it. when it's up to me to come up with titles. When I have ideas, I am so bad at shortening titles. I have that problem on my videos, too. No, you're not. You, you've got reasonable expectations up here. I see it on the document. Reasonable expectations. No? Yeah, so I guess am I in the wrong expectations, okay. <laughs> and then the second sentence was the yeah. what <laughs> we the, mean by that. The, uh, right, right. All right, so what are we talking about then? What well, is that? It's so often, I see this happen a lot, and I experienced this myself a lot when mm-hmm. I was starting out. I didn't know certain things were going to happen, and so when they happened, it ruined my day. I was so angry, or I was jealous, or I felt these emotions that just because I didn't, no one told me that these things were going to happen. People were going to treat me a certain way. People were going to say certain things. People were going to do certain things with yeah. my artwork. And I was so I would get so worked up and so angry that I would lose a day just to straight out, you know, being upset about something happening. And so I just kind of want to, that would be fun to warn people what to expect. So when it happens, you are not as upset as I was going into this. Yeah, you know, it doesn't always have to do with just being online as well. I mean, as an artist, as a creative person, I mean, it can happen offline as well. And I I have a story to share about that that happened to me pretty early on as well. And I think I'm nearly over it, just about, (laughs) but we'll talk about it. So the first thing is that you want to understand your work is going to be shared online. I actually see the, see more photographers get upset about this than artists, but I've seen both. Or, well, I guess photographers are artists. Um, but then fine artists? How do we want to word that? Um, but your stuff is going to get shared. So my story that happened to me early on, one of the things that I got really angry about, I had my work on my, my website. And this is before social media was really big. But I had work of some of my Italian Greyhound paintings and drawings on my website. And somebody had taken that image and linked directly from my website. So they used the actual image URL from my site over on their blog post writing about I think they were writing about whippets. It wasn't even about Italian greyhounds, but they used it over on there without giving me credit. This is before I was watermarking everything. And that was kind of one of the first times I realized if I had had a watermark on that, anyone who had read this article, who had seen this image would have known I was the artist, would have known how to come back and find me if they liked that artwork. And I, I was just so, I remember feeling so like violated, like you stole something from me. Yeah, no, this yeah. is what the, this is what happens on the internet. Right. 
But that is the feeling, though, that, yeah. you, that you would have. Yeah. So I get why people feel that way. We actually, in one of our art groups recently, there was a discussion about this, where there's a website right now that is... Hopefully, it'll be taken down sometime soon because they are violating copyright technically. But some of the artists were very upset to find their artwork shown over on this website. Now, for me, it had all of my watermarks on it because I've learned watermark everything. Um, Some of the watermarks, unfortunately, were just the Fine Art America, so it didn't actually have my name. But the credit was given to me on all of these images. Yes, still a violation of copyright. But because I learned early on to expect this to happen, it wasn't something that I really was terribly upset about. It's something that you learn to expect. Yes, you can report the site. You can, you know, do stuff about it. For me, having the watermark on it, they're really giving me free advertisements. So it's not a huge deal to me at this point. Now, if they were making prints, let's say they were taking artwork and making prints from it and they're making money that way. Okay, that's actually cutting into my profit now that you can buy my prints from someone else other than me. I'm not getting the money from it. That I'm going to have a big, much, much bigger issue with. I may still have a meltdown over that. I've had that happen. But in this case, they're not really losing me any money. They're not affecting me negatively yet. That may change. Their website may... I I mean, what they're doing is is technically... Yeah, it's it's hard to quantify, though, what the damage would be on something like that. But, yeah, if if nothing else, I mean, it's obvious that they're violating copyright. That's that's a given. And that's why I put my watermark on stuff, though, because it does protect that in that if this if my image gets used on somebody else's website, if my image shows up somewhere else. It, it's actually okay with me. If you want to use my site yeah. on your travel blog, go for it. My images, I actually don't mind if somebody uses that as long as my watermark is left on there. I'm personally okay with that because I've gotten to a point where I realize my stuff being shared online, as long as that credit is coming back to me, as long as the watermark stays intact, I'm totally okay with that. But you have to know what's going to happen. And I've seen artists get upset when they posted something to their art page, like their Facebook art page, and somebody shares it to their personal page or whatever, however you're you're posting at one place and it gets shared elsewhere, it gets tagged to Pinterest, whatever. Yeah, that's how the internet works these days. Yeah, they, that's does. not a violation of your copyright at all no, because they no. didn't download it and re-upload it. The cre- they're not stealing it. They're not making money off of it. They're not taking money away from you and them sharing it. They're actually helping you, and that's something that you want to be glad for. If somebody is willing to share your artwork and in, it's done in a way, whether they're crediting you, like let's say you don't have watermarks on your stuff, if they're crediting it back to you with a link to your website, a link to your Facebook page, whatever, or if they're leaving the watermark intact then they're free advertisement. That's actually a really good thing for you. Let's go back, though, to uh, the point that you made a second ago about not having it watermarked. Now, I fall into that category. I don't watermark my stuff. Never have. I don't like I don't like watermarks. I don't like the way they look. I think they impede my ability to enjoy the digital representation of the artwork. But that's just an opinion. It doesn't, you know, I'm not all up in arms if people do do a watermark. And I, I know the reason for it. I know why people do it. I don't know that I've ever had any of my images ever copied or put anywhere illegally. I don't know. But I know that it's bound to happen. It will happen at some point if it hasn't already. And, you know, I'm okay with that. I have to be okay with that. Otherwise, I need to quit using the internet at all and quit uploading any images at all. But, you know, so you're right. There are two camps of thought with that. There are people who will watermark everything that they put online, and then there are those that won't. And the risk, you're right, the risk is there. You have to you have to be comfortable a little bit with some of that risk. It, 
it's bound to happen if it hasn't happened to you yet that you are going to have some of your images stolen or at the very least shared and may maybe even legally shared like we talked about and if you're not okay with that you know then I would suggest you don't even put anything online at all because that that will happen. And there's no, you know, there's no recourse that you have with that because no one's violated anything. But but what about the case where, okay, somebody, they download the image. They they can do that, you know, and they're not sharing it, but they downloaded it and then they uploaded it on another social sharing site. Wow, say that three times fast. (laughs) And once they've done that, you know, I, I think... I'd have to check on this, but I think that on some of the websites, probably most of of the social net, uh, networks, that that is probably a violation as well. It could come back to the original artist if somebody does a Google search on that image and, and looks around at the other images that are propagating from that search. And the, uh, the, the artist, you know, the original artist comes up. That could happen. It may not, though, but I'm not sure. It depends on a lot of but factors. That could also How happen. are they sharing it? Like, there's one case. Yeah. Um, I was watching it recently or reading an article. I forget if it was a video or an article. But there was a photographer who took sports photos of, like, um, skateboarders. And yeah. a website who sells skateboards took this photographer's image and was using it to promote their own personal website. They did give credit back to the photographer, but they didn't pay him to use that to promote their product. How did he? But did how did he have his uh, photography work? You know, was it on his own personal website? From what website, I understand, was it on and this is what this what? is what was kind of yeah. weird to me. What I understood is that he posted it to Instagram, and they did a repost, but they reworded the repost, so he was credited, but they mm, worded okay. the repost in a way of "Go buy our products. Here's an awesome photo of our product in use." Yeah. So that's you the see, photographer in made that his, way, though. Well, he made his money by letting companies use his really, really high quality images to promote their stuff. So somebody promoting their yeah. stuff without paying him, that one got a little bit muddy on what was that, right that, or wrong. I could, I could see where that would get a little dicey, but you'd have to go into the TOS of Instagram and figure out if that company actually violated terms. They probably did. I don't, I don't know. We can't speak to that. By the way, neither one of, of us uh, are lawyers or attorneys. So if you're wondering about some of the fine, fine details on this, then check with your own attorney on that. And the thing with copyright, though, there's no absolute yes or no. This is absolutely well, right, always a violation. Right. This is absolutely never a violation. It's always theoretical Yeah, there's yeah. so much gray area as there you know, is. so many factors involved. But well, then that's the reason why I say just just try to stay away from fan art, you know, especially if you're getting serious about your art. Just stay away from fan art if that's something that, you know, you want to be taken very seriously and you're wanting to build up a reputation for yourself. That's that's always a good rule. of th- There are some ways of just being smart about certain things that you do as an artist, though. Now, a couple of ways that I would put my foot down and get involved and make a company, you need to take this image down. One, um, I know of a very, uh, Esther Roy actually had a couple of hers, I think she's had it happen a couple of times, where yeah, companies, yeah, at least. Uh, manufacturers took her work, put it on their art, you know, promoting their colored pencils. One, she didn't use their pencils. Two, she, they, you can't do that. I mean, I've done right. work for Derwent and they paid me very well for the artwork that was used on their tins. So you can't just take, so they there's a violation. Yeah. That's something to get angry about. Right. Put your foot down. Another one that I I de- got involved with and had to put my foot down. There was a lady. I've talked about this before, but a lady who goes to, sells uh, merchandise at dog shows of different breeds, different purebred breeds, and she had taken several of mine and other artists' 
work and was printing them on coffee mugs and pillows and such. Well, I know enough people in the dog show world that even though she was on the other side of the country, I did, it got back to me. And so I was able to contact her and basically send her a cease and desist. Do not do this again or we will be happy. Yeah. You know, th- there will be some legal actions taken there because then she's taking away from me. Then she's costing yeah, me those money are because I should be sales, paid for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so those are things that I will get angry about and will, you know, jump into. But someone sharing my work, I'm all for that. Yeah. Now, okay. So this is interesting, though. I am shocked at the number of people though, who do not understand that they cannot just do a Google search and any image, Google Google image search and any image that comes up is not just fair game. Yes. Uh, a lot of people think those are fair use, just, just doing that. And I, I didn't know this until recently, uh, that there are a lot of people who don't really realize that there are copyrights and there are rules on giving attribution to photographers and artists. That shocks me. I, I didn't I didn't really realize how many people there are that don't understand that. And somebody I was listening to even recently on a podcast, a very big name. You'd know the name if I mentioned him. He talked about the fact that he didn't know that that was illegal, that he didn't know that, that you couldn't do that. And he got sued for using somebody's image, a ph- photographer's image. And I was just flabbergasted. Like, I thought everybody knew that, but I'm always shocked at that. I didn't completely understand that when I was, you know, 19, 20. I was copying stuff oh, out right. of National Geographic. I'm it talking wasn't about realistic. somebody over no 40. No, but yeah, I mean, I don't, and it amazes me. What also amazes me are how many people get angry if you tell them that there is a copyright on something because they feel, and I oh, hear this from yeah. artists a lot, or I, comments left on my video about copyright. Artists will, you know, I'd say. I've had maybe 10, 15 artists, maybe it's been more than that because I delete them because I don't want them giving people bad advice, go off on the fact that you can't tell them what they can and can't paint, that that's not right, that they'll paint whatever they want. They don't care where they got the photo. They're, I mean, full on admitting to the fact that they are going to violate copyright and they don't care what anyone says about it because they don't think that that's right or legal because you can't tell them what to do. That attitude is really, really common. So, I mean, that kind of... Reminds me how many people don't understand this and why, yeah, I'm putting that watermark well, on everything. Well, see, in that case, I mean, to me, it's so meta when somebody like that then has their artwork stolen, you know, that, oh, that's that would just world. be – yeah, yeah. Then, the, uh, but but that that would be humorous to me. It, well, the funny thing is, they this is a problem that they see a lot with tattoo artists. Tattoo mm. artists violate copyright all the time. Somebody can bring in any image, any photo, anything, and they'll do the tattoo without question, which is against the law. You have to have rights from that. They have to have the same well, yeah. rights that we do to use somebody else's photo, somebody else's artwork. That's all you need is a, a, a stolen image yeah. carrying around on your body, skin permanently. Well, it, it goes awesome. against the the. From what I understand, now again, not a lawyer, but what I understand is it's the tattoo artist's responsibility to make sure they've got rights to use whatever photo is brought to them. The logos, I mean, band logos, all of that. That's actually a violation to tattoo that. Now, most bands are happy for you to have a tattoo of, of their logo on, on your body because you're not selling it or anything. But technically, le- that is a violation of copyright. But tattoo artists, on this, this, the other hand, the same people who will violate copyright themselves are furious and will flip the heck out if you if another artist uses one of their designs for their tattoo. It's the 
biggest That's like funny. oh they are it's hilarious to me <laughs> it's like really a known is. thing with the tattoo world uh, a problem yeah. with with artists who you wow. can't copy my stuff but oh i can copy whoever as i want there it, right. it's an right. ongoing problem in that community uh a little breakdown in logic there yeah though. very very funny to me all right so we ought to move along here lisa so <laughs> what <laughs> reasonable expectations number two other artists are going to reach your goals before you do it's what? going to happen so let's Same. say your goal is to make a living with art. Your goal is to be on the cover of Colored Pencil magazine. Your goal is to be in an art book. Somebody else is going to get there first. That doesn't right. mean that you should be jealous. That should encourage you that it's possible. It doesn't mean that they that you're working harder. Because I saw this recently. An artist was, was having a bit of a tantrum about that they worked so much harder than other artists. And other artists have it so easy. And other artists get all of these things. And they work so much harder. And they deserve more. And on and on and on. And first... You, I lost a lot of respect for that artist because that's just petty and ridiculous. But, I mean, you can't be jealous. And it's something that's such a problem, I think, in with artists anyway. It's very common to see artists very jealous of other artists. But don't take it personally. If somebody else was successful, it wasn't because you're not as good as them. It usually doesn't even have anything to do with that. It usually has more to do with business and marketing, which we'll, we'll talk more about. But... We all, any artist who got somewhere worked very hard to get there. I worked for years making nothing or next to nothing, um, making art videos and posting online and doing tutorials. I'm, I worked so hard to get anywhere with this. But it, other people from the outside have told me, well, that looks, you make it look so easy. You got there, you know, it was so easy for you to do this. You have no idea. I was below poverty level for a very long time to get here. I sacrificed a lot to get to this point. Don't assume that somebody else just had it handed to them. I mean, the jealousy that I've seen quite a bit from artists when they're, it's easy to get frustrated that you didn't, that you're not getting what you want right now. Yeah, yeah. In athletics and sports, we call that, you know, poor sportsmanship is what that is. And it, it's not, it, what that is, is if you're saying to someone else, oh, it's talent, it, you know, you were naturally born that way, or you, you didn't, you know, you're not working as hard as me. That, all that is doing is it, it's trying to discredit someone else's value is what it is. And it's having a pity party for yourself rather than saying, okay, these are my reality. This is is my reality. These are my circumstances, and this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going to do in the time frame that I have, or whatever, whatever it is, whatever you feel like that you're so limited in. Then you know that that's just real. That's reality. That's where it is. And so my, I guess my point is, we don't all have the same starting point. We're not all on the exact same line for our starting point. We're all somewhere along this continuum at different points. And so this is the reason why you don't compare yourself to other artists. I'm talking about goals and and uh, where they are in their career and things like that. It doesn't even matter because we're not all competing with each other. We're on our own competition, you know, marathon by ourselves. We're running our own race. And you started where you started. Someone else started where they started. You may see parallels along the way uh, once in a while, but you're running your own thing. You're doing your own thing. And so making those comparisons and especially putting artists down is just it's just so tacky because I I just really feel like that and this is the reason Lisa early on I think when you and I spoke about this when we started the podcast I said I want to interview other artists why because 
I want to show what's possible. I want to highlight people that are doing great things. And we don't ever, you and I never think of that as competition. It's not. It's a collaboration is what it is. And that's the way we should feel about anybody else in our space. We shouldn't ever feel like that we're, you know, somehow needing to be in competition in this dog-eat-dog kind of environment. Quite the opposite. I think it's a sharing kind of mentality that, that artists have. We're you know, we're kindred in so many ways. And so we should take advantage of some of that positive interaction that we have with each other. Yeah. And working together, working with other artists, too, yeah. is a great way to boost your your own business up. I mean, the co- collaborations, yeah. that's one of the things we do on YouTube so often. One of the mm. best ways to grow a YouTube channel is to collaborate. You, you're now sharing your content with their viewers. They're sharing theirs with your viewers. Everybody wins. The viewers win because right. they just got introduced right. to somebody new that they may be interested in. And both artists who are involved win. And I mean, talking about YouTube, That always too. shocks me, though, that, that when, when – because I, I met with this once in a while – from people that the, just the petty competitiveness that you find with people in in art or in anything in life but it, it just i don't know why it just shocked me that it was in art too I, th- I thought maybe this was a sheltered area but i guess not <laughs> it's, it's real life just like anything else but it, it's it's always shocking to me the the little petty i don't know what to call it just little circles and groups and and uh certain groups don't mix with other groups and it's like wow can't we all just get along it it's so it you're not in competition with anyone else. You really are not. It's funny you You're say that. You're in competition that. with yourself. In my own art group, we have to delete threads regularly where people start comparing or make, for some reason, there's this competition between abstract and realism. Now, we're all going to have our preferences. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just the way it is. But somehow right. it always devolves into this really negative, oh, a religious like, debate. oh my gosh, we yeah. almost always have to delete those threads. We try to let them go on so people can discuss, but once it starts getting into this you know people start per- doing personal attacks it's like there are people yeah, in the group yeah. who like both types you know we've got some abstract artists we've got some realism those people are wrong yeah. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> but, and YouTube's the same thing. I mean, it's yeah. so easy to see one YouTube artist. Maybe that artist doesn't produce as many videos as I do, but they still grew faster than I do. Does that mean I hate them? Does that mean that I'm jealous of them? No, I want to actually kind of figure out, well, what are they doing different that made theirs work better? Um, yeah, right. It could be any number of things. I mean, it's hard to pinpoint, but I like to learn Instead of getting jealous, instead of getting upset that other people got somewhere where I wanted to go, they hit those goals first. So someone hits, you know, 100,000 subscribers before I did. I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm going to find out why or try to dissect. Okay, what were they doing? Like, that's encouraging to me. Okay, I know it can be done. So it's not something where I'm like, oh, I'm never going to get there, which is actually how I started on YouTube. I never thought I'd hit 1,000 subscribers. So when you, you know, I now know it can be done. So what are they doing to make that happen? I'm not going to be jealous that they're not making as many videos as I am, but they grew faster. I want to figure out what What's the difference between us? What and it may be a difference in fan base. Why don't you just go ahead and add in there that their videos aren't even as great a quality as as yours? <laughs> no, that's definitely not the case. Um, all I'm all of the ones I'm thinking of have great videos. Yeah. Like I actually really admire all I'm of them. Totally I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But no. I mean, you it, early on. I remember when I first started with YouTube seen not artists it wasn't really artists that i would see grow faster but i'd see these other channels grow and i'm like like yeah. daily vlogs just daily you oh, know, content right. and i'm like i don't understand why people are interested in that but at the same time don't be jealous of it 
Figure out why right, is it right. working? What is it that people are interested in with that? Why is it working? And see what you can apply to your own business strategy. Don't mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. jealous of other artists getting somewhere before you did. It just just proves that it can be done. All right. So our next point is if you're not selling, it's not necessarily because your work isn't good enough yet, but probably because you haven't learned business and marketing. You know, and this goes a long way with not only just your artwork, but anything that you do inside your art business. And I want to just share a quick example about something that happened to me early on. And this was probably maybe five years ago, I guess now. So I contacted somebody at a local town here. He had a, a an art workshop, physical location, had this space here, and it looked like a nice venue. I went in, and he was advertising to get some help in there, just trying to get a little help with the rent is basically what he was doing. He wanted some other artists to come in and teach a workshop, and then he would get you know a percentage of, of that money there. So I went in and spoke with him, and everything looked good, and we conversed back and forth, telephone, live inter- interviews. You know, we went and talked with, with each other, and then corresponded through email, and months and months went by. I put out flyers. I started talking about this uh, workshop I was going to do, and then all of a sudden, like two weeks before the workshop, he sends me this quick little email, very terse, and just says, I hope everything works out for you in the future. I'm going to go ahead and not be um, hosting your workshop. Thanks, or something like that. I was so angry. I was livid, and I had to control myself because I don't like to be out of control like that and get angry about things. It's kind of silly, but I was very upset at that uh, moment that that happened, and I thought, this guy's a total jerk, you know. That that was first of all, <laughs> you don't handle it that way. You call somebody up and you talk about the reasons and you discuss, you know, maybe what went wrong or something like that. I don't know, but it was it was so disrespectful and rude. I'm nearly over it, but no, I am over it, but it's but it was it was ridiculous. Now, it would really hold me back if I just sat there and I would dwell on that, you know. I have to move on. I have to go forward and I did. And Actually, what I started doing is my own workshops, and I started by, you know, I I did a free workshop at the library, a local library here. And now, this coming year, starting in January in 2018, in just the spring part of the year, I have eight workshops that I'm going to be teaching just at some local libraries here that are paid workshops. And, you know, and I set my own price on those. And it, it happened because I started somewhere else first. And I didn't let that, you know, deter me too much. I kind of got over that and just just went on. But the same way is it's the same thing with selling your artwork as well. I mean, you you've got to you start somewhere. You don't start where somebody somebody else is. You start where you are, and you have to know your own value, and you have to know kind of what the market will bear. Yeah, and I've seen artists too where they got so jealous, uh, it, like we were talking about before. But artist A may not be as good as artist B. But artist A still gets more attention. Why is that? Business and marketing. You don't have to be the best artist in the world to make a living doing this. A lot of people will think, and I made this mistake early on, and I would definitely, well, I mean, social media wasn't really a thing when I was younger, but I definitely had the attitude of, I'm not good enough yet. And I think I let that hold me back a, a bit too much. If you've got a product, if you've ever had someone who thought that's pretty or told you that's pretty, I'd like to own that, 
you're ready to start selling. You're ready for that. I mean, you, but you have to learn business marketing. I know so many amazing, amazing award-winning artists who don't make a dime on their work. And it's sure not because their work isn't good enough. It's because they don't bother with the business and marketing aspect. They're not, you know, pushing that. Yeah. The, but, but the funny thing to me is you'll see people from time to time say something about, oh, they're all about marketing or, oh, they're all about selling uh-huh. and, and, all, and all of that. And they'll say, instead of, working on their craft and making their art better like that you know what makes my art better i don't even know how to respond yeah. to that well here's it's my so response. hilarious you know me. what makes my art better the fact that i can afford art supplies now where i couldn't early on <laughs> i mean yeah. the fact that i can yeah. pay well, bills it, it, it's not even about that it's not about how good uh and how well you've honed your craft you know if the, the the what i'm saying is there's a separation between the selling of your art and the ability yes. uh, of the artist there is a big separation in those two and I, I think a lot of artists don't understand that especially uh, early on i think many beginning artists don't understand that 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 is not they're they're not just so tied to one another i mean this there's a very distinct separation in the two yeah thomas kincaid dealt with this a lot he got so much hate from the art world because he was so mm-hmm. successful. Well, artists get jealous, and I part of me, I mean, I see why they're jealous. I don't, I don't experience that really myself, not like this. But artists would be jealous of him and angry. You know, his work isn't as good as mine, type thing. They were so hung well, up on that that yeah. they didn't move forward. Well, okay, he was great at business and marketing, and I do think he was he very was. talented too. But he was he it, he let it wreck him. I mean, from what I've un- I've read now. I don't know the man personally or didn't know him personally, so I can't say for certain. But I've read articles that talked about how it really pushed him into alcoholism because he couldn't right. deal with the nonstop, the drama that he got from people who were hating him and his work because he was successful. It's just so silly. It's because he was good at business and marketing. Yes, he's not the best. No one's the best. There's always going to be someone better, but that doesn't mean if your goal is to create or to, to make a living with this, and a lot of people are, and if you don't want to, if you're doing it just for a hobby. There's nothing wrong with that either. But if your goal right. is to make a living, you have to learn business and marketing. That has so much more to do with it than your talent in a lot of cases. Yeah. I mean, when with Thomas Kincaid, I mean, uh, he became a millionaire. And I think that that, you know, was a red flag of warning to so many artists because he wasn't any better than what they were. And so they, they were just so jealous of that, I think, was part of it. The other thing was he was very, very successful at marketing. Yes. Being the painter of light, I mean, how corny is that? But it it resonated with just the masses of people that found out, you know, this is who this is. This is what he says about himself. That wasn't original. But so many people felt like it was that are not in the art world. And the other thing about it was is that he was able to – I don't know how he did this, but he was able to get people to feel like they could walk into an art gallery and look at art and purchase art. And he had his own, you know, these little quasi art galleries. It was his own work. But I mean, they he set these stores up in malls and in shopping centers. And you felt like, you know, as if you weren't an artist, you walked in there. That was the whole idea that you were to, you were able to go in there and communicate with somebody and buy, purchase a print or an original piece of his artwork and feel like that, you know, you've purchase some artwork and you've done something great Uh, otherwise a lot of people believe it or not i mean as artists i think it's sometimes for hard for us to believe this but uh, just a common person going into an art gallery sometimes that's an intimidating experience and 
you know, he was so successful at that and just brought that down to a level where it was, he made it more common. And, you know, bravo to him and hats off to him. He did a good job at that. Yeah. One of the things that I did early on, I remember seeing an artist, um, and this is how I got started with art. There was an artist who was selling her work out at the beach. It wasn't amazing. My work was more accurate as far as perspective goes. Her perspective was her main issue. But, I mean, whales and dolphins, like what I was painting, and my attitude wasn't, I'm jealous because this woman's making money and I'm not. My attitude was, it can be done. I'm going to do that. You know, be encouraged when you see another artist doing it. But don't, the other thing is that you don't want to look early on if you're not selling stuff. And I've seen artists who are amazing get frustrated and burnt out because they're like, "I, I can't sell anything. Okay, spend some time focusing and learning on business and marketing. Your work, right. you know, if you've got anything right. to sell, it can be sold. I have seen stuff that I don't understand at all sell that, you know, mm-hmm. the artist oh, yeah. didn't necessarily have a skill that they had refined or anything like that. They threw some paint on the thing and, and we've all seen that cool. kind of stuff. And it, it is, it is kind of dumbfounding when, yeah, when you see how successful like some people are. Right. We had a, a right, right, uh, this right. happened in one of our art groups. Somebody was complaining because they had an artist who was selling abstracts and he really was new. He didn't know what he was doing, but he was selling them for so much more than she was selling her artwork, which was uh, more realism. Okay. Then let's look at why, because of his business and marketing. That is something to be praised. He is doing a good job at that part. That's that's a good thing. Be encouraged by that, but don't let it hold you back or make it feel you feel like you're not good enough. Because when you sell, that's really what it has more to do with is the business and marketing than the work itself. In many Mm -hmm. many cases. Another thing you want to keep in mind, you are not going to make money right away. I've seen artists where they expect to, you know, I'm going to give it a year. We've talked about this before. I'm going to give it a year and mm-hmm. and put everything into my art. You're probably not going to build up the business and marketing within a year or whatever. Yeah, there, I mean, there are some that can yeah. do that, but you it's have rare. to be working on it quite a bit. And it, for most of us, the reality is it's not our only job. Yeah. Don't, don't be discouraged when it doesn't happen overnight. Right. right. Which kind of goes into the next thing of... You're not going to be an expert because you've read every book and watched every video. Being an expert, be, you know, really getting g- very, very good, your skill level up there with your craft doesn't happen overnight. Just like making money doesn't happen overnight. You know, you have to create. You can watch every book. You can read e- no, wait, I said that wrong. Can you can you read book? every book, you can watch every video, but unless you're getting out there and doing it, you're not going to improve your own skills. Yeah, The other on, on the flip side of that, I just want to say this, and yeah, you can send me hate mail if you wish to do that, but just because you wrote a book doesn't make you an expert either. So just just keep the, bear that in mind whenever you're reading things. It doesn't mean it's just gospel truth because yeah. somebody wrote that down. Okay. I've seen a lot of books. Actually, when I was working at Michael's and Hobby Lobby, I used to teach classes at both locations and the books i would always look at the art books and people would ask what i recommend and it's like neither location had books i recommended most of the books were teaching such horrible technique things that would actually make it harder for the person to unlearn once they got used to working in those ways um yeah just because it's printed doesn't mean it's the best information out there yeah and what i always like to do and what i told students to do is look at the artwork in the book open the book don't just assume it's a book on acrylics or it's a book on colored pencil so it's amazing open it up is that the way you want your work to look don't look at it as I'm a beginner, so I have to start with something simple. No, if if you don't want your end result to look like what that artist is able to create, then that's probably not the book for you. Find something that they're working right, in a style, right. they're creating the kind of detail that you're looking to create. That's the book that you want to to write. Yeah, in. absolutely. And I know that sounds common sense, but it, it's amazing how how uncommon that 
that understanding is. Yeah. All right. This has been a good discussion. And just just one one final thing that we want to talk about very quickly, and that is that if you have reasonable expectations, then one of the things that you can expect that will happen that is, you you will get negative feedback. You'll get negative comments. You'll have people that'll be hating on you. And, you know, this this is just reality. This is the way it's going to be. You don't have to let that, you know, just rock your world and, and just make you uh, sink deeper into despair and, and doom and, and just think that, you know, it's, it's all lost and, and I'll never overcome this or whatever. You don't have a mini meltdown over this or a major meltdown. Because it's going to happen. Just set yourself up from the beginning to realize that this is going to happen. Those people making those comments, they're typically unstable. They're, they're, not, they're not the kind of people that you'd be hanging out with in real life. And so just having that expectation going into it, I think will help quite a bit. Yeah, we have a tendency when we read comments online, we tend to project ourselves into that comment. We also tend to project our current mood in that comment. So if you're in a bad mood and you read a comment, it's easy to take it the wrong way, which is not necessarily how the person meant. But even so, we tend to think that the person writing these comments is just like us. And often they're not. I mean, if they're being negative, if they're if somebody is ripping apart somebody else's artwork or offering unsolicited advice, these are probably in most cases people who aren't experts themselves. They're too, people who are experts who are really good at, at what they're doing. They're usually too busy working on their own craft to, to take the time to offer unsolicited advice. So that's just kind of one of those things you want to keep in mind as a general rule. Uh, the people who I look up to, who I admire their art would never have the time to tell me what's wrong with my art. I mean, I would Mm -hmm. have to beg them to give me a critique. They're not going to just randomly see my artwork and start tearing it apart. Those are, like John was saying, these are not people you're probably going to hang out with. So when you see these comments... The block feature on social media is one of my favorite things. And I know of artists who are like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to hurt the person's feelings or I don't feel right. But my sister does this with guys who treat her badly. Kind of makes me laugh. I'm like, block the person. They're being a jerk. Block them. Don't feel bad about using the block feature. The block feature on Facebook, especially, it makes it so that you can't contact them. You can't see anything they post and vice versa. So you write something in another art group. That person in that art group can't even see what you said. That contact is cut off. You, that person is no longer a part of your world, which is great. Don't be afraid to use that feature if somebody is going to be super negative. But I think going into being an artist, you have to expect that. And that's another thing, especially with YouTube, I wish someone had really stressed to me. When I first started out, there weren't a lot of, of people like video creators or, or people who were teaching you these things. I didn't understand that you were going to get thumbs down and you, that wasn't necessarily something to be taken personally. People would leave nasty comments. Really didn't have anything to do with me. It had to do with their issues. Now I understand it. Now I don't get so upset. Every once in a while, I'll be a little bit irritated when someone goes a little too far with their comments. But for the most part, I just block them and move on. I delete the comment. I don't even leave myself. I don't leave the comment up. And a lot of people for social media, whether it be YouTube, Facebook, whatever, will tell you, oh, leave it there because if you get that drama going, your fans will jump in and defend you. And yes, they will. For me personally, it starts to eat at me when I continuously every time someone comments, it notifies you and it keeps coming up. I don't even want to see those comments. If somebody wants to criticize me and tell me how annoying my voice is or how my artwork is ugly or whatever else, I don't need to see that. They don't need to be a part of my world. Let me help you out. If you don't like me or my work, you no longer get to view it. 
problem solved for both of us. Don't be afraid to block people who are giving you a hard time and don't let it tear you apart because it does crush a lot of artists when they get negative comments. You have to, there are people who do that for the sole purpose of getting a reaction out of you. So don't, I wouldn't even recommend responding to people. If they're going to be really negative, every once in a while I'll make a snide remark back because I think I'm funny. But um for the most part, your best bet is just to ignore them. Don't, you know, that ter term, don't feed the trolls. This is what that's talking about. They're looking for a fight. They're looking for a reaction. There are some people in this world who love the drama. And if there isn't enough drama in their own life, they're going to go online and try to create it because they need that. They feed off that. You Just block them. Done. Don't, don't let it upset you. Don't let it crush you as an artist. It doesn't, what they're saying may or may not be true. But they, it doesn't need to be said. The fact that they're saying it to me says their opinion isn't worth taking into consideration too much. So maybe you have something you would love to add to this list, and we would love to hear about that. You can comment in the show notes over at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast, and you can leave a comment over in the Colored Pencil Podcast group on Facebook, or you can reach out to us anytime on Twitter. Lisa's at Lockery. I'm at Sharpened Artist. You can send us an email, podcast at sharpenedartist.com, and we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. This, this is the, the reason. Wow, I cannot talk. We're not all sitting up, sitting up.